Welcome to Jack's Tap, episode 23. It is February 22nd, 2020. We got John back. Hello, folks. Um, So I don't have to, don't got to do it all myself. It's going to be nice. Don't have as big of a cold. Don't have to hit the pause button as much. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a prime episode, episode 23. Um, Already had a productive day so far. It's about 2.45 right now. I've already been to the gym, had breakfast, and went to a dispensary with uh, Paul, Patrick, and Kendrick because uh, we are going to see Tim and Eric tonight at the Chicago Theater. We wanted to have some edibles for that, get into the proper mood. It's going to be fantastic. We were waiting in line and uh, first of all saw a girl from high school, Sandy Castino, acted like I didn't notice her while we were in line, even though we were in line for like 40 minutes whatever um she seemed to be having a good time with the people behind her that she made friends with in line and we were with our group and there was a a mom who was she said she was 43 um she was nice she didn't know anything about pot so she kept asking us questions and i'm like i mean i can tell you that sativa makes you is the one that doesn't make you tired and that indica is the one that does make you tired and that a hundred milligrams is a lot of pot to have in one sitting if you're going to do an edible. Um, and I could tell her that you're only allowed to buy this much. Um, but I'm not, she kept asking real complicated questions. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know. And then she was like, yeah, like, are you guys, she was asking if we were in high school when we were getting our IDs taken. I'm like, well, we wouldn't be here, would we? She's like, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I just figured you guys look so young, like you could be in high school. You could be my kid. And I was like, all right, just make it fucking weird then. Like, I suppose she's like, yeah, I'm 43. I'm like, cool. Well, I guess if you had sex and got impregnated when you were 18, then yeah, probably, I guess we could be your kid. It was like, she was like, I feel weird now. I'm like, it wasn't weird until you were like, you, I could be your mom. Then it's like, okay, I, all right, we were just kind of enjoying our conversation, waiting in line with each other. It was okay. Um, we'd come up with funny quips every once as you know we got to each point in the line. She also kept being like, "So how?" I had been there one other time and waited in the line, um, and she kept being like, "So how how long is it going to take to get uh, to get uh, to be done with this from here?" I'm like. I don't know. She's like, you're the, you should know you've done it. I'm like one other time. I, I'm not qualified to, I was like 40 minutes and then the line moved up really fast and she's like, Oh wow. That was, well, that was quicker than 40 minutes. I'm like, yep. All right. So just goes to show. I didn't know how it was going to end up. Yeah. It's, also it, when she said the, the mom comment, it threw me back to when I, was doing security for the Chicago Cubs. Sure. And uh, I remember when I would uh, like 
I was out in the bleachers and this one woman, she was there with probably a bunch of other moms and then was saying how I look like I could be her son in terms of like age difference. Right. And then five minutes later proceeded to like hit on me. Nice. And I was like, I'm officially creeped out. Right. And I remember going up when I was having my lunch break to be like, uh, hey, do you mind if I swap places with someone? <laughs> right. Like over to the other side of the field. Yeah. And explained what was going on after they're like, why? Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, suck it up. So I had to deal with that for the rest of the day and uh, feeling uh, really grossed out. Yeah. A woman I work with who's a mom and has kids that are at Nutria right now. Um, she was saying like, as we were leaving school on Friday, most of the kids leave early, but then like 60 or so stay for that last hour. And we were getting ready to, it was about to be three fifteen. We were lining up the kids to get on the bus. And she, she said like, yeah, how tall are you? And I was like, six, five. She's like, Oh boy. And I was like, come on. There are kids literally in front of us. Um, and I was like, yep, it's tall. And she was like, yeah, I get, she was like, uh, yeah, I got a friend who's like five feet flat and she's dating a guy that's six, four. I was like, yeah, that's a height difference. She's like, yeah, some, some people just love it. I'm like, okay. All right. Don't want to know if you love it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it seems like you do and color me uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> Like, I'm getting on this bus, even though I'm not supposed to. Yeah. You can add one to the list. I'm gone. You know why? Because I'm young enough to be your son. Let's move along. Safe to say I did not walk back inside like I normally do after getting the kids on the bus. Just went right to the car. Um, yeah. She also one time... What was it? Oh, I forget. It was like... Um, Oh, it's the bit I have about the lesbians who say that I look like the Hemsworth brothers when I was out in a forest in Indiana camping with Midnight Snack Comedy. And they were like uh, saying something about how I don't have to worry about me. Uh, I don't have to worry that they're hitting on me when they were like rubbing my hair and saying I look like a Hemsworth brother because they're lesbians. And I was like, okay, you know, and... Wait, what? No, that's still not no, very just, uncomfortable. Right. Yes, that was very uncomfortable. And then I say something about like how. Um, oh, fuck. It's like old ladies, old ladies thinking I'm like attractive and how I don't like it or something like that. And then she was just like, oh, you're saying that you don't like that. I think you're attractive. And it was like at a lunch table with five other paras who are all older ladies. And they just go like okay, you don't have to answer that, Jack. Let's just move on. And I was like, yeah, thank you. So it's, you know, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Throwing you a, a nice uh, life raft out to the ocean right, there. Yeah. Like, let's move on from this. That's not appropriate. And let's just try and breeze past it. And uh, yeah, so that's, we got plenty of edibles. We're going to see Tim and Eric. I could be that lady's son. It's going to be a good time. It is February 22nd, 2020. That's a lot of twos. And here's what's happened on this day. In 1630, 
the Native American Indians or the Native American Indians is on this day. The fantastic historical website likes to say and said they forgot the sea. They introduced pilgrims to popcorn at Thanksgiving in 1630. So all the different uh, delicacies we eat at Thanksgiving, we base it off of what we think is like a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Nobody has popcorn. So next year, when we go to Wildfire, I'm going to request some popcorn. Or maybe we'll just fucking go to the movies. Why don't we? And how do we repay them? We murder them all. All right. Moving on to 18... I forget which one it is. 25. 1825. Right. The Russia and Britain established the Alaska-Canada boundary. And I really just wanted to put that one up there to say fuck you to both Russia and Britain. Uh, Because now we have Alaska. And boom. Suck it. We got it for like a million or like five million dollars. And uh, now we just ravage it for its natural resources, and we've gotten way more than that much back. So, worth it. Interesting fact. I think they're the only state uh, in America that has, oh, what's it called? Um, where everyone gets right. a certain amount of money, like I think $2,000 a month yeah. or something. Right. Andrew like, Yang used that as an example for his um, $1,000 a month um, he called it the freedom dividend. Yeah, but yeah. They because universal income. That's right. what I was looking for. Right. Um, because they get well. It is just because we take so much, so many natural resources from them, and it's like a lot of it is on their land. They just decided, I think like the '60s or '70s, under a Republican um, governor as well, decided to. He's like, look, either we get it or you get it. I'd rather you get it. And uh, yeah, so they get it. And then they eventually re-upped and voted to pay more taxes in order to keep getting that money just because by principle they liked that program and uh, they voted to keep it. So RIP Andrew Yang. Apparently he's going to be starting a podcast. So just as good as getting him for president, he's going to start a podcast. I'm, that's the That's the American dream that he was hoping for. Moving right along. In 1920, it was the first artificial rabbit that was used at a dog race track in Emeryville, California. Now, it's a dog race track. Uh, I feel like they would do an art. First of all, it's a dog race track. Just have dogs. That's all you need. It's a dog race track. If it's just a race track, then it should be open to anybody and, and whoever. Robots and normal ones. I don't understand why they went artificial at all. And second, if it's going to be something artificial, why not a dog? It's a dog race track. Why the fuck are you doing a rabbit? I guess I could have asked you before this, but do you know, is there any, like, is there like a rabbit that's part of a dog race ever? Um, in terms of before the artificial one, I don't know why, or I, I don't know if they used a rabbit, but... It's because the dogs are chasing the rabbit to hunt it. Oh. Yeah. And this is a very much better solution so that they're not actually chasing a real rabbit. Yeah. And they can control the speed. Right. Because sometimes they would catch the rabbit. Yeah, and then it's done. And it's done. Right. And then you're like, who won? Probably the one that's belly is full. Yeah. 
well, fuck me. Yeah. Could have avoided this whole, ooh, boy. And then 1923, first successful chinchilla farm in the United States. You know why? Because we got all these fucking extra rabbits now. And we don't like them anymore. They're too, they're too fucking slow. And the artificial rabbits take too much money to create. So let's get some chinchillas in there. And those dogs can race after a chinchilla. I had a whole different bit that I was going to riff on there before I realized that that's actually a really good idea with the artificial rabbits. Clear, Yeah. How do you get dogs to just race? Because with horse, horse races, you got a little guy up there who's just smacking the shit out of the horse. He's keeping you going. You can't do that with a dog. How do you do it? With a fucking rabbit. Get an artificial rabbit. PETA, no longer angry. They'll probably still be angry because they're racing dogs. It's better than dog fights. Okay. All right. That's a good invention. Good job. Could have thought of that through just... Could have thought through that a little bit. Great job. It's a good thing to do. Normal acquisition of logic could have brought you there. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. Uh, Another fuck you Russia moment in history... 1980, the miracle on ice. The United States ice hockey team beats the heavily favored Soviet Union 4-3 to at Lake Placid in one of the biggest upsets in Olympic history. It wasn't the gold medal match. Uh, we ended up playing, I think, Sweden. Uh, but we Americans go on to win the gold medal. And I think just out of respect, uh, Herb Brooks, the famous uh, coach of that team, we're going to show... Kurt Russell's great uh, rendition of his speech from The Miracle on Ice. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, We stay with them, and we shut them down because we can. That actor was on CSI New York, the guy who plays the goalie. Tonight, Great Pants by Kurt Russell. are the greatest hockey team in the world. They played this music before the actual game as well. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. Maybe not that guy, the blonde guy. Maybe not him. This is your time. Not the blonde guy's time. No. Yeah, maybe not him. Their time is done. Mm. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey (sighs) team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time 
Now go out there and take it. So this is subtle Asian trade. There's Hassan Minaj. Um, so fantastic moment in American history. Uh, we really fucking took it to, I guess, the Soviet Union at the time, but fuck Russia. And yeah, great speech there by Herb Brooks. Great rendition by Kurt Russell. Really impressive. The amount of times I've heard that speech done by like other people using it in humorously sarcastic ways because it's like not really a big moment uh i think it was tim melinarski did it before uh it was actually really funny so back in high school i did choir opera and we put on a, a musical at the end of each year or in the spring whatever and we were putting on um we were putting on uh beauty and the beast and before our performance the first night we had two different casts and before our performance the first night Tim Melinarski gave the miracle speech before we went on because it's apparently tradition we give like speeches and stuff and he did that speech and then the next night this other guy fuck what's his name Tom Hayes I think uh he was like real pissed because he was like my plan was to do the miracle speech and I heard fucking Tim did the speech, but that doesn't matter because I'm going to do it anyway. And so he just did it himself. And so literally before each of our shows, we got that miracle speech from two different guys. Um, they both did a good job. Um, Tom's was, I guess, it's Tim and Tom. Tim's was more uh, intense and... Uh, you know, it was more inspirational. The second one was just kind of funnier because we were like, ah, yeah, we we did hear this literally yesterday. It is a little bit not as inspirational. Um, yeah. Last thing was 2009, Heath Ledger posthumously, posthumously, posthumously wins the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in 2009 uh, for The Dark Knight. So in between the Dark Knight being released and the Academy Awards, he died. Um, I don't know if he would have won that without dying, but oh well. Uh, it's Don Pardo. Yes. Birthdays for February 22nd. Famously, the, the man, the myth, the legend, George Washington. First president number one in our hearts and in the history books. Um, just an absolute stud of a man. 6'4", which back then was like Yao Ming. Um, he was uh, a great soldier, a great general. Um, didn't want to lead, but he was the clear choice for it. Um, he set the precedent of turning over power after... Uh, he was president for eight years. He could have kept winning and winning because everybody loved him so much. And I bet it probably would have been better at the time, too, for him to keep being president because there was there was shit going on. But he was like, nope, I'm going to, as in they say in Hamilton, teach them how to say goodbye. And because of him, it really set a precedent of proper, um, uh, you know, passing the torch to the next person and uh, not allowing us to become what we fought to get rid of and having kings and such. So 
George Washington, a GOAT president, the Mount Rushmore could just be him and it'd be appropriate. Um, Don Pardo, his birthday as well. He's the uh, famous announcer of Jeopardy and Saturday Night Live. So if you think, it's Saturday Night Live, that's Don Pardo, ladies and gentlemen. That's a famous fucking voice. When I did a sketch at Second City, it was about um, the serial killer dating show where you had to guess whether somebody was a serial killer or a normal person. My whole intro was like, it's serial killer or... Fuck, and I forget what the other part is now, but it sounds like Don Pardo still. So, yeah, Don Pardo. Another great birthday, Steve Irwin, February 22nd. Oh, shit, I forgot I wanted to watch. Can you look up, um, please, Steve Irwin ESPN commercial? Steve Irwin ESPN commercial. Steve Irwin, true, another goat of the... um outdoor entertainment biz fantastic uh australian aussie 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 um yep that's the one bingo bango so this is a fantastic espn commercial here um everybody knows who steve Irwin is and now his son robert Irwin is very similar Listen, Steve, I hear you. I mean, if it's up to me, right, we'd have the crocodile hunting 24-7. Exactly. Every single time I do my bootlaces up, I'm staring death right in the eyes. How many baseballers are doing that? I'm with you, then, sure. Crikey! Stand back, John. Have a go at the size of this fury. I got you, mate. Steve, don't. don't. Ooh, isn't he gorgeous? I'll have him subdued any minute now. I'll catch up with you later. John, give us a hand, mate. <clears throat> fantastic commercial those sports center commercials are great um steve Irwin, great guy ended up dying by getting stung by a stingray so died doing what he loved pierced in the chest jesus christ uh yeah that'll happen if you keep trying to like wrestle all these just ginormous incredibly dangerous animals also he is a baby boomer Mm. And uh, his Chinese zodiac is tiger. Mm, and a nice Pisces star sign, I see. That's fantastic. And Drew Barrymore. Ran it out with a nice Drew Barrymore, um, you know, film legend. Oh, that says granddaughter of film legend John Barrymore, of course. Um, but she was a uh, child star who transitioned it beautifully into just being a star star. Been in several romantic comedies with Adam Sandler specifically, and then one with Jimmy Fallon, who might as well be Adam Sandler. You got The Wedding Singer, Fifty First Dates, the shitty one that came out recently, Blended, which they kept changing the title back and forth, and it didn't matter because it was a bad movie. I didn't see it, but I know it's a bad movie. So, happy birthday to all those people. That's February 22nd on this day. Also, yes. famously, I got to uh, transfer her from place to place at least a f- couple times uh, while working for the Cubs also. Why was that? When? Why was that? Oh, just, you know, because she's a famous person. So oh, I guess people aren't, you know, sure. every single corner going, can I have your autograph? Can right. I have your autograph? Right. So I can look like the asshole right. and not her. Nice. Yeah, cool. I was 
I turned into like a little schoolboy. What a crush. Uh, did you, was there any other? I know you like got to meet. What was it, Barry Bonds? But is there any Mark McGuire? Mark McGuire. Yeah, that's not Barry Bonds. Mark McGuire. No, that's and, a big old uh, white guy. Got any other to, celebs or people? Uh, I had. Oh, I know you, Albert Pujols. You did as well, right? Uh, maybe I was thinking of Mark McGuire because they both played for the Cardinals. But I don't know. You probably there did was, because he was on the Cardinals, and they would always play the Cubs. Probably, but there are plenty of times where I've probably exchanged words with a few people and yeah, didn't yeah. even know they were like a big deal. Right. Uh, Elton John said hello to me when I was uh, perusing backstage while he was hopping onto his golf cart nice. when he was going to set up for his stage act right so oh, that's cool that now was he's, pretty cool he's finishing up performing so that's even cooler now um all right a lot of celebs a lot of fun stuff it's 2 2020 and that's a lot of twos and we got episode 23 it would have been cooler if it was 22 but we kept grinding and putting up those episodes even though i didn't know how to hit record um i read another book Another childhood favorite, this time, obviously, Bud Not Buddy, famously on the podcast, we read that book, this one, Freak the Mighty. Um, f- this was the book I uh, thought was my favorite from my childhood. Always, if I actually had to give a favorite book, I would say Freak the Mighty. Um, wow, what a, another great read. I did not recall... I'm going to spoil it. I did not recall that the little kid. So basically it's a book about this giant guy whose dad killed his mom growing up and then went to jail and they called him killer Kane. And he's the son of this guy. And he's like learning disabled, really not good at school, has no friends. And is just like giant for his age. He's, I think this takes place when they're going into eighth grade. And then throughout the year, and then he meets this kid who everyone calls Freak um, because he's born with like a super small body and like a deformed body, but he's like the smartest person you'll ever meet. He knows all the words in the dictionary and his body is growing. The inside of his body is growing too fast for his actual body. And I didn't. And then together they become Freak the Mighty because um, the big kid will put the tiny kid around his neck one time when they're seeing the fireworks and then they keep doing it and um, they go on adventures far and wide. And I did not remember that the dad comes back, he gets out of jail and he like kidnaps the giant kid and then Freak comes back and like saves him and then Freak ends up dying in the end because his heart got too big for his body and he just died. And I was reading the last bit of it, like with like a few moments left before my break was over on Friday, yesterday at work. And I got all up in my feels. Uh, It was a lot. I was like, Oh shit. That's right. The kid dies. Why did I love this book so much? This is like kind of intense. Um, Yeah. So, um, and I said that to the guy I work with, the Parapro, and he was like, well, I guess I'm never reading that now. I'm like, it's a fucking kid's book. No, you weren't. And no, yeah, no, you're not. 
you could still read it. It'd be a great read. Don't um, necessarily think it was on your backlog. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling there was a few things you were going to read before Freak the Mighty. Um, but yeah, it was intense. And like, they called, there was some intense language. Like, they would call the big kid retard a lot and the little kid midget a bunch. And I was like, Jesus, like, when did I read this book again? This was a little intense. I didn't remember, like, any of it. I just remembered, like, big guy with a little kid. Big kid was dumb. Little kid was really smart. Together they were Freak the Mighty. Didn't remember really a thing out of that. Um, Two books in two weeks. That's what I'm fucking talking about. They were, chi- they were children's books. But they're chapter books, okay? No photos. No pictures throughout. Just straight text. And I churned through them. We're easing our way back into it. I'm on that workout grind. Got to get on YouTube to see this definition. And I'm going to start reading books. And I'm going to become the combination of Freak the Mighty. Because my body's going to be fucking huge. And my brain's going to be ginormous. So much so that I might die. Because it's going to be too big for my fucking head. So recommend some more children's books to me. I think I'm going to read like one or two more that are... uh, um, meant for kids, even though they call midgets and retards throughout the book, and it's pretty fucking intense. And then a kid dies, and it's real sad. And there is a, a murderer that kidnaps his own son, and then calls his own son a retard. That's not cool. How you expect to win over your son when you're kidnapping him, and you literally tied him up, and you're like, "Don't worry, I'm going to trust you soon." But right now, I can tell you haven't seen the light yet, and you gotta. Remember that I'm your dad and that I love you, but for now, you're tied up and I'm going to put a gag in your mouth. So, not a great strategy. And then he got defeated by a little kid. All right. A little unrealistic. I don't know how the kid got there. But, yeah, great book. If you got a book that you want me to read, probably won't read it, but maybe I'll remember that I want to read it. I don't know. We're going to get into adult books soon. I'm churning through these fucking kids' books. I'm so damn smart. It's great. Um, John, do you have a favorite kids' book? Uh, probably like Holes. Holes, yeah. yeah. And I do have that. Maybe that I'll was, read that uh, You know what? That... Ah, should I read Holes? Probably. It's a good one, and I do have it. Might learn something about you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to read another book. We're fucking churning through them. I'm smart and I'm huge. I am crushing life. Um, and I haven't. Now I'm not even scrolling over on my phone to check the dating apps anymore because I've been off them for over a week now. It's not even part of my life anymore. Fucking crushing it. Gonna find the girl of my dreams randomly at a subway because we each got the subway club on Italian herbs and cheese, and it'll be like, wait, what? And then we fall in love and we get married. That's how it's gonna happen. Booyah. And she's gonna see me reading a kid's book, be like, that's one of my childhood favorites too. And I'll be like, oh, really? Holes? Cool. Yeah, I love it. You know, I just read all the time because it's gonna be true at that point because I do read all the time as of the last two weeks. And then uh, you'll be floating on a cloud made of Italian herbs. That's, that's the carb diet. 
Um, I actually really don't get Italian herbs and cheese when I go there. I just think that's funnier to say. I just go straight up Italian. Um, Your life's a lie. Yeah. Maybe that's why I haven't found the love of my life, because I just straight up order Italian. There's been plenty of beautiful gals in subways when I go there, and I'm clearly not ordering the right bread. That's the issue. All right. Speaking of gals, speaking of crushing it, Elizabeth Warren went on a tirade at the latest Democratic debate. It was the first one that I watched. Um, I wanted to tune in to see how Mayor Bloomberg did because uh, now he's just part of it, apparently, because you can just spend 400 mil and do that. And uh, yeah, she eviscerated not only him, mainly him, but everybody. And I don't know much about her. I haven't seen the other debates, but I know that she had been saying that people were arguing too much and that we shouldn't be like combative within the party because we need to be unified. Um, and then I tuned into this and she just went off on everybody. And normally I don't like it, but for the most part, I thought she did a fucking good, I thought she fucking crushed it, especially against Bloomberg. So we got a video of some highlights here of her eviscerating everybody. Pardon me. And then we're going to watch her uh, going hard in the paint against Mayor Bloomberg. I grew up fighting. But listen to Senator Klobuchar's point. She says we have to think smaller in order to get it passed. I don't think that's the right approach here. We need to get everybody's health care plan out here. Uh, Mayor Buttigieg really has a slogan that was thought up by his consultants to paper over a thin version of a plan that would leave millions of people unable to afford their health care. It's not a plan. It's PowerPoint. And Amy's plan is even less. It's like a post-it note. Insert plan here. Amy, I looked online at your plan. It's two paragraphs. Roast. Families are suffering and they need okay, a plan. It. You can't simply stand here and trash an idea to give health care coverage to everyone without having a realistic plan of your own. According to the New York Times, the last time that Mitch McConnell was on the ballot, the vice president stood in the office and said, I hope that Mitch gets reelected so I can keep working with him. Well, Mitch did get get reelected. He did not have an epiphany. Instead, he blocked nearly everything that Barack Obama tried to pass. And he stole a Supreme Court seat from the Democrats, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I'd like to talk. Yeah, so. I think that quote was taken out of context because he was like saying like, well, I hope he gets reelected and we'll just keep working with him," like as like a positive of like, you know, I don't care what people throw at me. I'm just going to keep working with whoever's there, but not a good look. Um, Yeah, we're going to skip the part where she roasts Mayor Bloomberg here because we're going to show the whole clip later on. But here she goes back at the other people. Democrats want to beat Donald Trump, but they are worried. They are worried about gambling on a narrow vision that doesn't address the fears of millions of Americans across this country who see real problems and want real change. They are worried about gambling on a revolution that won't bring along a majority of this country. 
Amy and Joe's hearts are in the right place, but we can't be so eager to be liked by Mitch McConnell that we forget how to fight the Republicans. Mayor Buttigieg has been taking money from big donors and changing his positions. So it makes it unclear what it is he stands for other than his own. So just hit everybody that was in the that was up on the stage in one statement um and just everybody's hands went yeah up. everybody's like okay, uh, uh, okay seriously that's just not true oh elizabeth okay so all right my turn to reboot the, and the, the hands of the hands of loss yeah it's tough um yeah i mean i don't like just how combative like the debates can be, especially when they have such little time to get their points across that, you know, I do hate just like the talking over each other, but she was pretty fucking concise in a lot of the things. Um, I thought the point about, um, you know, you can't just like be so worried about getting all the moderates was good. And then, yeah, it was good. So here's her, now, last week I talked about Mike Bloomberg's apology being terrible about the comments he made about minorities and how he wanted to arrest more minorities than white people or, like, stop and frisk more of them. Um, but, oh, and the interviewer did a great job of, like, not letting him just, like, ignore the question and talk about, like, well, I led the diverse city of New York City. I did a great job. I think people will tell you that I did a great job. It's like, right, but the quote you said about we should stop and frisk more black people, what do you have to say about that? Let's not get bogged down in the details here. It's like, why would we not? Let's talk about what you said. She does a great job here of not letting Mike Bloomberg off the hook for the shit he said about uh, women and these non-disclosure agreements he have with I don't know how many people that he's worked with. Several former employees have claimed that your company was a hostile workplace for women. When you were confronted about it, you admitted making sexually suggestive remarks, saying, quote, that's the way I grew up. In a lawsuit in the 1990s, according to the Washington Post, one former female employee alleged that you said, quote, I would do you in a second. Should Democrats expect better from their nominee? Let me, let me say a couple things, and have, if I can have my full minute and a, qu- a quarter, thank you. Um, I have no tolerance for the kind of behavior that the Me Too movement has exposed. And anybody that does anything wrong in our company, we investigate it, and if it's appropriate, they're gone that day. Keep pausing let for me a second. tell you what I Okay. Um, you just got asked a question about your behavior, your behavior specifically. And then he immediately is like, let me tell you about it. And if I could get my full minute and a quarter, thank you, because I have a prepared statement to say. And I need the whole minute and 15, because that's what I planned for, because I knew this statement would come up about the horrible things I've done to women. And then he just goes like, I have no tolerance for the actions that the Me Too movement has exposed. It's like, right, we're asking you about 
the exposed things that you've done. And he's like, and when something comes up at my company, it's investigated. Right. But what about the, we're talking about you fucking guy talking about you, not talking about shit that happened at your company. Then I guess this would make sense as an answer. We're talking about you talk about yourself and what you did. All right, moving on. Do in my company and my foundation and in city government when I was there. In my foundation, the person that runs it's a woman. 70% of the people there are women. <clears throat> that in my sense company, didn't make sense. lots and lots of women have big responsibilities. They get paid exactly the same as cool. men. And in my um, uh, in City Hall, the person that's the top person, my deputy mayor, was a woman, and 40% of our commissioners were women. I am very proud of the fact that about two weeks ago, we were awarded, uh, we were voted the uh, most, the the best place to work, second best place in America. Wow. If that doesn't say something about our employees and how happy they are, I don't know what does. Can you replay that again, please? The part where he says, where he starts like, we were voted, probably like 20 seconds ago. We were voted the uh, most fe- the, the best place to work. Good job. Second best place in America. <laughs> if that doesn't say something about our employees and how happy they are, I don't know what does. All right, pause Senator it, please. Warren. Yeah, if that says nothing about what I'd done, then that's the correct answer that I practiced before this fucking debate. He literally, I get that you don't want to mess up what you're saying, but you very clearly had that prepared and ready to go, and you botched it. You stumbled through it the whole fucking way. You're like, in City Hall, two weeks ago, voted most feminist, best place to work for females, number one, while we were number two, and if that doesn't say how good we are, I don't know what will. It's like, cool, but what about what... Yeah, what about the quotes I literally just said? You addressed none of it. But here comes in Elizabeth Warren, um, and go ahead and say whatever you're going to say, but here she comes in and just hold them to the fucking fire. I love it. But uh, it's that addresses the company, not who he's like worked with specifically right. or dealt with. Yeah. So and- the company, they could be so happy there, and they've never once like interacted with him. And it... yeah. He said two weeks ago, it's like, oh, you've spent $400 million to try and get onto this democratic debate stage. You don't think you could have paid, I don't know, any amount of fucking money to get voted second at this. And even then, it just sounded made up. It was like, we got voted most feminist, best for females, number two, two weeks ago. Okay. I believe all the shit you did and all these non-disclosure agreements you have are from your entire life, but okay. Two weeks ago, you guys are doing great. You're second great. Feminist. Critical of Mayor Bloomberg on this issue. Yes, I have, and I hope you heard what his defense was. I've been nice to some women. Bingo. Big old eye roll from Bloomberg there. The mayor 
has to stand on his record. And what we need to know is exactly what's lurking out there. He has gotten some number of women, dozens, who knows, to sign non-disclosure agreements, both for sexual harassment and for gender discrimination in the workplace. So, Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all of those women from those non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their side of the story? We have a very few non-disclosure agreements. Uh, how many Let is me that? finish. How many is that? None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like the joke I told. Oh, my and let me just, God! And let me put, there's a be, agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. They signed those agreements, so, and we'll live with it. On. So, wait, when you say it is up to, I just want to be clear. Some is how many? And, and, when you, and when you say they signed them and they wanted them, if they wish now to speak out and tell their side of the story about what it is they allege, that's now okay with you? You're releasing them on television tonight? Senator, no. Is that right? Senator, tonight? Senator, Senator, company and somebody else, in this case, a man or a woman, or could be more than that, they decided when they made an agreement that they wanted to keep it quiet for everybody's no. interest. They signed the agreements, and that's what we're going to live with. I'm sorry. No, the question is, are I the women bound by being muzzled by you? And you could release them from that immediately, because understand, this is not just a question of the mayor's character. This is also a question about electability. We are not going to beat Donald Trump with a man who has who knows how many non-disclosure agreements and the drip, drip, drip of stories of women saying they have been harassed okay. and discriminated against. That's not what we do as Democrats. Yeah, so absolutely fucking bodied by Elizabeth Warren there. Um, gained a lot of my respect. Didn't know much about her. I don't think she's who I'm going to vote for anyway, but God damn it, she just like... That was some textbook bodying right there. Um, Bloomberg could not have handled that worse, I don't think, and they had to have been prepared for that. But yeah, it's not a great look when um, you've got a bunch of non-disclosure agreements at your companies and then you're like, and none of them, you know, it couldn't have been, you know, they just didn't like some jokes I said. It's like, okay, doubt it was just that. Second... Even if it is just that, still not fucking cool. Third, if it is just that, then shouldn't you feel like you could say like, yeah, I guess I will release them if they also feel like they don't want to be part of it anymore? Um, I don't agree with her on the point that we're not going to beat Donald Trump with a guy who has that. I don't think that's going to be the difference because Donald Trump, you know, he just fucking... I guess the reason why... His shit with women didn't hurt him as much is because when it came up, he pretty much just owned it and just used it as like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I said that shit. Um, and his supporters just don't really care about it. I mean, that's kind of what we learned with uh, Trump getting elected is it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of horrific things that he's done that should disqualify him, but people don't care about that enough to sway their vote like if they, they clearly 
took all that into account or, you know, you'd think a lot of them took all those things into account and were like, yeah, but that's still, I'd still rather that than the other. So I don't think people, you know, I don't think Bloomberg shouldn't be president based off of that or not that he shouldn't. I don't think he won't become president off of that. I just think it'll be um, the fact that he doesn't really have that many fucking supporters. If he had a bunch of supporters and then we're like, oh shit, this stuff just came about his non-disclosure agreements, then it's like, well, I don't think it really matters because they probably know he's a fucking misogynist and they're still okay with it. Um, yeah, so I think Elizabeth Warren there might have earned a a VP uh, ticket there. Seems like she just did a good job. Well, although she did just fucking go after everybody, but it seems like she got a lot of, she's got a lot of chutzpah. Um, seems like she, uh, in terms of who she went after, went after, uh, man, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, the least, and was very vague right. about it. He, she did have some moments where she did go after him. Um, it's she was like saying policy stuff in right. terms of it's realistic, but there was a thing right? and I'm not as knowledgeable on it, but like in a previous debate it like Warren supporters were, and I think it might've been Elizabeth Warren that was like spearheading it, but I'm not sure. Um, but that Bernie said that a woman couldn't be president and that like Elizabeth Warren won't become president because a woman can't become president. <clears throat> and her supporters were like going at Bernie about that and saying he's a sexist. But then it literally came out that Bernie, before he even started running for president in 2016, he told Elizabeth Warren that she should run and she said no. So then he went and ran for president. Um, and then, you know, and also he's just not a fucking sexist. Um, but yeah, I wonder what the context was. Yeah. And that. Right. Um, yeah. So. I th- it was like I saw a great YouTube comment. It's like you ever seen somebody waste four hundred million dollars just to get roasted, you know, all night long, or like just to have it like be wasted f- after five minutes of you know you fumbling and bumbling through your way of like yeah, well, women like me. Uh, I hope that's enough to kind of stave off Bloomberg, but uh, we shall we shall see. Just don't like the principle of spending $400 million to just all of a sudden be on a Democratic debate stage. I understand you needed national polling numbers, but it's just a bunch of uh, moderates who are afraid that somebody like Bernie isn't going to get enough Democratic votes, uh, Democratic support and votes to beat Donald Trump, which could be fair. We'll see. Um, All right. Just going to end this with a few clips fun things, cool things I saw over the past week. Here's this clip of, um, it's not UFC, but it is mixed martial arts. It looks like, and, um, I'm not, it's in a foreign country somewhere. I believe the ref acrobatically saves this guy who clearly got knocked out, but just from hitting his head as he goes to the ground, you got to watch on YouTube to see this great highlight. Um, the guy's going to the ground and he like puts his hand underneath and saves it from just like banging on the ground. And also, I just thought of this. He looks like he's a younger ref, so it's probably 
in the more modern times of fighting Mm -hmm. and is now much more aware of head trauma and the head trauma of what we're about to see that could have happened. Right. Because this guy does take two bows to the face enough to just have him go right back. Um, But, you know, at least you save a little something here. Yeah. And, uh, Dad, you might want to look away. I was just going to (laughs) say, I was just going to say, Dad, look away starting now. Good Lord. Yeah. Just jumps down to the ground, gets his arm underneath him, catches him, makes sure it doesn't just bounce straight off the ground there. Dad, you can start watching again. Um, yeah, super impressive. Job well done. Amazing. Um, yeah. It's really cool that he uh, saved him from uh, potential more head damage. Yeah, I mean, you got the wherewithal to think about that. You've got the reflexes and athletic ability to execute it. Um, and just the good heart to uh, care about. Like, you could, you know... You could think of doing that and be like, ah, yeah, I bet I could. But almost like, what if he fell back like that? And because he caught him and saved him from getting more, uh, another head hit, he actually doesn't get KO'd because he helps him from that. And then he wants to get back up and start fighting. It's like, I don't know why I thought of this, but I was like, do you then let the guy keep fighting? Or are you like, eh, come on, guy, I, I helped you out here. It's like, well, you shouldn't have helped me out. You know, so maybe if that becomes a thing that happens, that'll become an issue some point down the line. And on Jack's Tap episode 187, we're going to look back on episode 23 and we're gonna be like, holy shit, Jack's dumb train of thought there, instead of just accepting this was a cool thing, actually predicted the future. So there you go. Um, is this bocce ball? I believe it's bocce ball. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I yeah. Think so. And this guy, I've been seeing it a lot, but I finally saw it enough and I was like, got to put this fucking clip here just with the shot of a fucking lifetime. Um, this other person has like two or three red balls closest to the, the bocce ball or whatever the white ball is called, the one that you're aiming for. And just delic- like, it's so fucking far away and somehow just slowly gets it in between the opponent's balls, hits the white ball closer to one of his own balls, and then it lands right next to it. And then he it's like a five-point swing because they had three points, but then now his team has two. Fucking beautiful. If you don't think this is athleticism, it's still probably not. It's just hand-eye coordination and muscle memory. But still, maybe the most impressive thing I've seen. Here we go. Well, these guys you wouldn't expect them to miss either, to be honest. So it's oh, way it's outside, but now it starts curving in. The, the crowd's starting to rumble. Oh, that is ridiculous. Oh. What? You could do it one more time. That's all right. Call it these guys you wouldn't expect them to miss either, to be honest. <coughs> 
Well, he's very close to splitting the two Red Bulls and getting to the jack. That's what the target is. Oh, look at this. Oh, that is ridiculous. Like, can you believe that? You got to watch on YouTube in order. It's truly you got to see it to believe it. The ball has like a thicker or wider outside and then the tops are, um, you know, so he's rolling it along that like side part, which is like kind of ridged out. It has like a little ridge. And then at the last second, it falls over to the flatter part. And he just somehow, I mean, it had to be like, 100 feet, 100 yards away, something super far, and yet all these balls are within like just a couple feet of each other, and all the red ones are in front, so you have to go around it and in between this like super small gap, and he not only lands it in there, but blocks the other balls from getting in there. He hits the white ball closer to his own. Just gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, and then this is a throwback to a Baylor player being asked a stupid fucking question by a reporter. Um, and you're asking a a college student, college athlete, a stupid question about how he got out-rebounded. He's like, how does Yale out-rebound Baylor? And he just gives this response that's super sassy and sarcastic, but he gives it very deadpan. So it's not really that disrespectful. It's like. You're going to hit me with a dumb question. You're going to get a dumb response. So here is one of my all-time favorite press conferences, uh, sports answers. How does Yale out-rebound Baylor? Um, you go up and grab the ball off the rim when it comes off, and then you grab it with two hands, and you come down with it, and that's considered a rebound. So they got more of those than we did. That's uh, pretty fucking great. <laughs> Have you ever seen that, John? No, no, I haven't. Yeah. Like, super calm way to just eviscerate this guy. Like, yeah. nice fucking question, dumbass. Like, the guy's clearly being like, you're a bigger team. How does, you know, there's a better way to ask that question. Like, Baylor probably is a bigger, more athletic team. And Yale, it's fucking Yale. Um, so you could be like, you know, going into this game... Baylor's rebound advantage was clear. Um, I don't fucking know. It's a dumb fucking question. They got out rebounded. Why would you? I don't figure it out, guy. How did you get out rebounded? Break it down in the film. This guy's not going to be like, well, you know, we really played soft out there, and uh, we didn't. We just clearly didn't want it as much, and we let them, you know, move us all around. I doubt that's it. I think Yale just had a good game here and the ball probably fell into their hands more. It's pretty great. I don't know who that player is. I don't think he's in the NBA now, but um fantastic. Wish I knew his name so I could give him give him the props that he needs. And all these Jack Tap followers, especially our Dutch guys out there on the coast. John, you missed it, but the uh on this day, the last couple times it had several um things for the Dutch coast being ravaged by storms. And so I told I told all our Dutch followers to get the heck out of there just until we figure out what's going on. Oh, do we have Dutch followers? Yeah, we got a lot, especially on the coast, the coastliners. Uh, um, really hitting the hard points with the Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's real quick talk about the week at school, and then we'll get out of here. We're at the hour anyway. 59.12 to be exact. 
Um, I was called a, a dummy just before leaving school on Friday several times. Um, we let our, our kid, uh, Paulus, go down the hallway and play on the computer or an iPad. Um, at the end of the day, if he's like done his work throughout the day, he gets to go there for like three to five minutes or something like that. And, but we were having like a whole class discussion with like 10 minutes left in the day. So I was like, hold on, we have to be here for this class discussion and talk and then we can go down. And he just like, you know, shut down, turned away from the class, was just staring bullets at me and just like sticking his tongue at me, which was nice. Um, and then that ended, I'm like, all right, we can go down there. And then we go down the hallway. I'm talking to Mrs. Parker, the teacher, um, real quick. I set his timer. He doesn't say a thing. He's on the computer playing, doing something on it. Doesn't say a thing about it not working or it not loading properly. He's just, you know, I'm not like checking. I'm like, what game are you playing? I'm giving him space. Let him do it. He clearly is upset with me anyway. And then the alarm goes off. I'm like, okay, time to go. And he's just like, what? Like, I didn't even get to play a thing. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it didn't even work. I'm like, we've been here for four minutes, and you're just now saying it didn't work? He's like, fine, I'll just take a prize. I'm like, no. You either get to choose a prize, or you get to play the game for four minutes. We don't get to do both. He's like, so you're telling me I just wasted four minutes? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. It's not my fault. He's like, oh, okay, you're a big dummy. You made me waste all this time, so... Um, I'm apparently a big old dummy. I do appreciate that that is the insult he hurled at me instead of something much more vulgar. It just makes it cute and uh, not as hurtful. Um, and then my guy Brady, um, <clears throat> he was down in the student learning center with Mrs. Parker. And I was in the normal classroom. I wasn't, I'm not supposed to be in that room during that time. I help out in the typical classroom. And all of a sudden I just see her appear super frazzled at the door and she's just like I'm chasing can you go back to the class I'm like sure which means Brady ran out of the room and she's got to go get him and I've got to go supervise in the room where there's a couple other students and I go in there and there's these two kids in there and they're just like yeah Brady just left I'm like okay guys it's fine I got it Uh, you know I clearly know uh let's talk about something else and they just want to keep being like yeah he freaked out he hit over the bookcase and then he just ran out of the room I'm like, all right, got it. Let's transition to another topic. And then all of a sudden, Brady comes back in the room giggling and chills on the beanbag. And I'm like, okay. Hey, Brady. He's like, hi. And I wait a second. And I'm like, does Miss Parker know you're here? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. Maybe I should call her. But then I look at her desk and I see her phone is there, clearly because she ran out in a hustle to go get the kid. Um, And I'm like, well, shit. And I don't really know where she is. I can't, you know, you know, maybe I'll call the front office. And right as I'm thinking that, I hear over the entire school's PA system, A-team to doors, which means like these special ed teachers that are part of the A-team that are supposed to go to like a situation where a kid runs away or a kid is like being violent or something and they need help. Um, Anybody who's available is supposed to like go to whatever spot they say. But this time it was just to the doors, which means any exit door you're by, go look and see if the kid is there or running away and go get him. Um, And I was like, oh, shit. All right. Uh, Well, he's here. And clearly somehow just wasn't spotted by Mrs. Parker and just went in a loop and came right back here. 
Um, and so I called the front office. I'm like, Hey, Brady's here. So, you know, we're good. Tell Miss Parker to come up. And they're like, all right. And clearly annoyed. And then I just hear over the PA system, a team it's canceled. And then Mrs. Parker comes in just with death in her eyes. Uh, because that sucks that, you know, you gotta be like shit. Um, just like I said on the pod, I think a couple weeks ago that like I lost Brady, but really he was just in a bathroom or in the auditorium. It's embarrassing to have to say, yeah, I lost my kid. Um, and then for it to immediately be like, nope, he's in the room that you were in. Um, so that sucks. And, uh, yeah. So that was this day, just a couple of dummies taking big L's, uh, from the kids, but they're safe and sound. And we're going to get back to it Monday. John, anything before we close out? Nothing here. Happy to have you back. Um, all right. You're all handsome. See you next week. Episode 24. Now you're gone. Sydney